family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, welcome everybody to uh, Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you once again today on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, this show is also brought to you by Sosby's Garage, and you may have heard that clip on it just lead in. He is really, really, really growing, and he's really uh, down on uh, really good service people. He needs a good quality, high-quality service mechanic. In fact, he needs a couple of them. And if you're interested and you need a really good job with some really good people, give John a call. He's over there in Loganville, and uh, he will help you in any way he can. He'll get you up there and get you at work. On every show, we feature businesses and organizations in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. All businesses, while all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we'll touch base on that and other related aspects of security as we go through the course of our shows. Um, everybody knows that we're coming up on elections. We've had elections already. Now we got runoffs that are going. These are probably, and I, I hate to use this phrase because we hear it every time one comes around, but these are probably some of the most important elections of our lifetime. And that is no exaggeration. Uh, we've got a lot going on, a lot of people running, um, a lot of really good people running, and a lot of not-so-good people, and a lot of eh. So what I want to do is to bring on somebody today that's in a runoff. I uh, respect this man very much and want to put him out there as Mr. Mark Gonzalez. How are you doing, Mark? We're doing great. Great to be back with you. Uh, we're great to have you. Um, just for the the short version, who is Mark Gonzalez, for those that don't uh, know? Actually, I'm a, a husband. I'm a dad. And I've been in business. I've had my fair share of successes in business over the years, growing companies, building companies, turning around companies. And I created a great number of jobs in that process. Never aspired to be a politician by any stretch of one's imagination, but I have a burning desire, a true burning desire, particularly right now in our country's history, to be a representative, a true servant of the people who send me to Washington, D.C., just as our founding fathers intended. So I'm the outsider, clear thinker, common sense guy who gets things done. Well, we've got to have some of those because we don't have many of them in there right now. Everybody is playing politician. And it, it, it's crazy what's going on right now. Well, you made it through the 7th uh, U.S. Congressional District primary. 
and now you're in this runoff. Yes. How does that work exactly on the runoff part? Yeah, the good news is there are five candidates originally in the District 7 Republican race, and on May 24th, two finishers, myself and my opponent, neither one of us got to 50%. So that created a runoff. So the top two finishers now are running off. And the good news for me is immediately the third and fourth place finisher, uh, Lisa uh, McCoy and Mary West, they both immediately endorsed me in this race. So on uh, June 21st is actually the runoff election day, but a person could vote early as well. That starts on Saturday, June 11th, and it runs through Friday the 17th. So there's plenty of opportunity to go out there and cast your vote one more time. Well, as I always do, I highly recommend people vote, but more, even stronger, vote informed. Know who that person is, know what they stand for, know what they have said, and even more importantly, know what they have done. Well, it was kind of interesting. I, sp- I spoke to a person yesterday, and he thought when he walked into the polls on May 24th for primary day that he was voting in the 10th congressional district. And with the new map, he gets there, and he looks at his ballot. It's the 7th congressional district. And he told me, he said, Mark, when I walked in, I had no idea who any of the candidates were. He said, so I took my phone out, and I went through their websites really quickly. He said, in your website, it was clearly – it spoke to me as a true conservative, somebody that wants our border to be secure, somebody that understands free market capitalism, somebody that really has uh, America placed first with your free uh, freedom platform. You yeah. know, you, we were talking before the uh, show, there was something that was brought up that was very interesting. With all of the people that are projected to be flooding across our border, mm-hmm. You know, we're looking at, let's just round it off, in, in the 2020 uh, tabulations, there was a little less than 30,000 people in the city of Duluth. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the flooding over. Uh, yeah. And I'll let you explain. Sure. Well, first of all, yeah, we all saw crazy. the images over the last day or so with this next wave going to hit our southern border. Mm-hmm. It's already at 15,000 and growing by the minute. So here's the thing. We've got Title 42 ready to expire, right? They put a stay on it in the court, and then the White House is now trying to get it released. If there's any way he can do it, he will release it. So this Title 42 is a very big deal because our DHS secretary himself, Mayorkas, he's on record of saying the impact of that is it will start bringing 18,000, 18,000, illegal immigrants across our border a day a day so here we are we're in Duluth right well Duluth's population I think is just south of 30,000 yeah Yeah, okay 29.5 so think about this if just a day and a half a day and a half worth of illegal immigration ended up here in Duluth we would double our population so how are we going to do that how are we going to take care of that how are we going to pay for it most importantly this is the load that nobody wants to talk about and you know what we are the most compassionate country on the planet by a mile we bring in more uh, illegal legal immigrants than any country also by a mile so i want people to enjoy the benefits of the greatest country known to known to man by coming here legally. legally. It's as simple as that. It's not about compassion. It's about our country and having compassion for our citizens. We keep hearing them, uh, 
the Democrat uh, people in charge, we keep hearing them talk about the one thing that they are most insistent about is adherence to the law. Mm-hmm. Adherence to the law. Adherence to the law. We keep hearing this. Um, last I heard, what they're promoting and pushing and allowing is against the law to just open the, uh, for ill. There's a reason it's called illegal immigration. Correct. Correct. So it's against the law. So well, somebody's got to right. get on their backs. I'm for border security. Therefore, welcome wagon. I mean, this is where it's gotten to now. And, you know, that's really where there is a tremendous difference between me and my opponent. My opponent's on record for wanting to naturalize all of them, which means amnesty, which means citizenship. And he's on record in regard to saying, well, what are we going to do? We're just going to round them up and kick them out? Uh, Hasn't, Hasn't he ever heard of attrition through enforcement? Yes, it works over and over and over again. He says he wants them to be here to start paying taxes. Does he not know no, he what an ITIN IN number is? He wants them to be here to vote. Well, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> because he hasn't specifically said that. But what That's I just said, opinion. he has specifically said. So they already can and do pay taxes with an ITIN number, an Individual Taxpayer Identification Number. So mm-hmm. he's wrong on that, too. He's just very, very quick to judge. And because he doesn't have the experience, and he's not a conservative, he can, he's completely wrong on the issues for most people who really do want a conservative, a true conservative, constitutional conservative, in Congress. Well, what other uh, differences are there between you and your opponent? And I know there's a lot of them. Well... Just a couple the, of the be, highlights. Right, the, the best way uh, for the uh, audience is if they went to the iVoter Guide. You know, that iVoterGuide.com lists the candidates, and we had an exhaustive level of questions to take care of. And then what they do is they analyze your answers, and they put you on a meter, right? Mm-hmm. So mine, obviously, on the right, conservative. His, moderate. This is for a Republican primary, by the way. So if you read the answers... You're going to see that there are very big differences in so many areas. We don't have time in this interview to go through them all. But the the one that's the most important, I think, uh, besides immigration, is I have the experience from the economic standpoint, right? I have a degree in accounting. So I think most people look at it and they go, yeah, he's somebody that understands numbers. He's somebody that understands our budget. He understands what it's like to try to bring our country back from $30 trillion in debt. This is a big deal for our children and our grandchildren. We're literally, this is a form of taxation to our kids mm-hmm. without their representation. Think about that. This is how yeah. our country was formed was 246 years I think we had ago. a little argument about that one time in the past. Yeah, exactly so. So there are some big differences for sure. Well, you know, you, you bring up that part of it and, you know, it all goes with the, the costs that are going up. You've got skyrocketing costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, across the board, right. uh, especially for the things most used, which is gas and groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, what can, what do you see that can be done to help families in this area besides just forking over a big check? Well, first of all, we all know where this all started. Yep. Day one of the Biden administration. When he signed that executive order, day one, to shut down the Keystone Pipeline and literally put shackles on our fracking and coal industry. 
what happened, of course, is oil skyrocketed in price. Russia used those dollars to be able to fund their military machine, and they went into the Ukraine. The last time that uh, gas had got, or oil had got to over $100, that was when he took down Crimea, and he also took down Georgia. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Kind of a so this is, correlation. So the, the effect is not just what happened to all of us at the gas pump. You know, it was, what, 18 months ago that I was pumping gas at the gas pump, and it started with a one. Yes. I filled up yesterday, started with a four. That's the difference, right? Well, mine had a, mine had a one in front of it the other day, but it also had two zeros in front of a decimal. Right, $100 yeah. for the bill. Yeah, yeah. isn't that shocking? It was $100 plus, and yeah. it was just like, really? I haven't quite hit the $100 mark, but I've come really close. I don't let my car, <laughs> I don't let my car get anywhere close to empty anymore. Yeah. Because I drive a Yukon XL, and I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable for me. I love it. I'll probably die in it. Uh, not in a wreck, though. Right. Thank, but, thank um, God. You know, Pray on that. I don't, that's what I want. I'm, I'm in America. That's what I want to use. I'll pay what I have to pay to drive it. Mm-hmm. But have to pay is the key. We don't have to pay what we're paying if this administration would reverse some of the policies that they've got and quit trying to nail down the idea that everybody's going to have an electric car because that isn't going to happen. The infrastructure right now isn't even set up where if everybody switched over right now, they could, the infrastructure couldn't handle it. We're not set and how, up And how way. condescending Absolutely. was the representative from Michigan? I saw that clip yesterday, that was, right, on the, on, in the committee hearing, and she is so proud of the fact that she now has an electric car and she drove her car from Michigan to Washington, D.C., and she passed all of those gas stations, mm. and she was basically giving them the finger, I right? Wonder, I wonder, go ahead. I, so I, obviously, that outraged me because I know the load. The average family in America, thanks to Biden inflation, is going to pick up a tab of over $6,000 this year after taxes. Where do, those, where do those dollars come from? Where do they come from? We're bankrupting our families all around us. It's incredible. So they are maxed out on their credit cards. They've cut back as much as they can. Where do they go? Where do they go from here? So she was so proud of it. I actually did a little bit of research. In Michigan, there's nine-plus million cars registered in Mm -hmm. the state of Michigan. The number of electric vehicles, it's a fraction of 1%. So while she's flipping off the gas stations she's flipping off 99 plus percent of the people that live in her district they don't have the cash to just roll out and go buy a 50 plus thousand dollar electric vehicle because if they can't afford four dollar gas do you think or five or six dollar gas do you think they're suddenly going to be able to afford a 55 60 thousand dollar car seriously i mean what kind of thinking is this well it's the thinking that you brag about driving past all of these gas stations right. and not worrying about it what about the 99% of the people that didn't weren't don't have that luxury of being able to drive past that gas station? That's exactly what I'm saying. It was so condescending. It, it was. was it was. It was insulting to the people who sent her to Congress. I saw that, and I just looked and shook my head and said, "How, how stupid can you tack on to make a comment like that?" Uh, but she was. Yeah, absolutely we, we proud call it, of it a lack of self-awareness. Absolutely right. Maybe she spent most of her time in the bubble of Washington, D.C., and hasn't been in her community. You know how many events I've done since the beginning of this year? Not at all. It's over 150. Awesome. Right. A lot of them in 
neighborhoods, clubhouses, a lot of them in people's homes where they brought people together, and of course the traditional events that we do uh, as a Republican Party uh, and the various other groups, the conservative uh, Republican women's groups and so on. So when you have a chance to just be one-on-one with people and you hear what they talk about, I'm just telling you, Rick, the mood is incredible out there. And we know District 7 is a very difficult race to win, but there is a giant contrast between me and my opponent in the runoff and a bigger one, an even bigger one in November. So it is beautiful in so much that in November, the voter will have a very, very clear distinction. Do they want the left, hard left Lucy McBath who came into our district from an outside district. She doesn't live anywhere near the district, as you know. Carolyn Bordeaux beat her up on that, and rightfully so, during their debate, right? Or do you want the true conservative? You know, I don't know if you know Frontline Policy uh, Action Group, right? Very, very conservative Mm -hmm. organization, very pro-life, very uh, pro-Second Amendment, very uh, uh, pro-free enterprise uh, business, and they just endorsed me. And many of the other... Uh, senators and House members here in Georgia, Johnny Christ, uh, Scott Hilton, no John the uh, Matt Reeves, um, no, Tom, uh, Tom Kirby, uh, Clint Dixon. So they're all lining up. I mentioned the two uh, candidates in my own race, uh, women's intuition, I think, on, on that. But uh, I'm very proud to have all of their endorsements because they know that I'm the right person at this moment in history. Well, that was you just eliminated the question. I was. Going oh, to really? Ask you, so you tagged right into it. I was going to ask you what kind of major uh, endorsements that if it, has anybody endorsed you. So yeah, I know most almost every one of those. Matt Reeves has been it, on here. It, Clint Dixon. Yeah, awesome people. Uh, firm conservatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, belief in uh, God and country. Exactly. Uh, so the voting record of Lucy McBath, so hard left. Right. There's something called the Freedom Index which bases your votes in Congress against the constitutionality of the bills that are being put forth. She's at 5%, five. Wow. The worst performing, the worst performing House member in Georgia, in in Washington, D.C. for Georgia, 80%. The best, 95%. So anybody that doesn't think that there's a big difference between our Republican Party and what the Democrats have put forth, you just have to look at the data. The data is so obvious. Now, I am a very, very strong constitutional conservative, so you would expect my Freedom Index number to be one of the highest, if not the highest, in the state. Well, you know, there's so there's so much difference right now on both sides. You, you know, it's not just through the bickering and everything that's going on. There is so much obvious difference Mm -hmm. i mean and they're proud of it and quite frankly both sides are proud of that difference and i'm proud to be on the conservative side which uh i look at the other side and i think how can you be so proud of some of the things that you're pushing the thing that's interesting is when i started this campaign my platform was very straightforward i called it freedom first gonna ask you that why do you now call it no, it's freedom free- first yeah. instead of America first. Well, freedom first. It's our uniquely American freedoms that have made us the most exceptional nation the world has ever seen. You know, Reagan said it best. We're one generation away yes. from losing these freedoms. And if we do, there's no other place for us to go. So now it's a fundamental question. Do we want the boot 
of government control squarely on our neck, or do we want our God-given right to freedom? So to me, without freedom being first, how could there be an America first? Do you see my point? Absolutely. Right. So that's why, as conservatives, we all want America first, and it just breaks my heart every day I watch this administration because they are determined to extinguish America, truly extinguish America and make us part of this utopian global, global, global plan, plan, right? Yeah. One world government, new world order. I'm, I'm, people are really starting to pay attention to this. I have people coming up to me, they go, hey, Mark, do you know about the World Economic Forum? I go, sure, I sure do. What yeah, would you like to know? Do you know about that guy that looks like he came out of central casting from the James Bond movie? What's the guy's name? I said, oh, Klaus Schwab. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> you know, people are waking up. That's the point that I'm trying to make. They know how consequential, you mentioned it earlier, this election is. Because if we don't take back Congress, I'm telling you, they're going to jam down another version of H.R. 1, which is to federalize our elections. Worst thing that could happen to Correct. us. Correct. And where this is going to go, right? You always have to look at the end game. Where does this lead, right? Where does it lead? It leads to you and I will never have a conservative in the White House again. And the reason why is because by federalizing elections, their push is to extinguish the electoral college and make it a popular vote. You know, the left always leaves clues, Rick. They leave clues everywhere. How about Hillary Clinton after she lost in, lost in 2016, mm -hmm. right? She immediately said, no, I won the popular vote. She said, I won the popular vote. We need to get rid of the electoral college. If that electoral college goes, both coasts, east and west, all the major cities, That's all hard left leaning, there. they're going to vote the president in for the rest of our lives. That's yep. the consequence. So it's not something that you can unravel, you see, in an election or two. History teaches us this. This march towards socialism or beyond, the consequence is it will take generations for us to try to get back to where we once were with our constitutional representative republic you see yep. this is it this is what's at stake that's why this is so critical right now it is almost i won't say it's impossible but it's almost impossible once you lose that to go back because the the way you get back is to have it the way it is and have the ability to vote the ability to change things which you will not have when you have a small blue section on the East Coast mm -hmm. and a small blue section on the West Coast and a few little spots in the middle that take the whole country as a whole and run it. Right. And, you know, why do we end up with so many rhinos in Congress? Rhinos in Congress. You know why? Why? Because they get through our Republican primaries. That's why. So people really need to do their homework. You mentioned it earlier. That is so critical. Mark for, F-O-R, Mark for Georgia com mark georgiacom Take a look at my platform. The issues there are very well articulated. Uh, there's a 90-second video on the homepage that if someone watched that 90-second video, which is, I don't think is a lot of homework to place a vote for a U.S. congressperson, I think that they would very quickly get the sense for what makes me tick, why I'm running. It's about our children's future. I don't want to be the person that had been handed this beautiful, shiny baton that said, the American dream scripted on the side and hand it to my daughter or her children where it's battered, it's tarnished, and 
the wording no the wording has anymore. literally been rubbed out that that uh that's why i'm running i mean i'm a guy that's you know, I have a, I had a pretty decent life until I decided to try to do this, right? <laughs> so, so for me, and probably similar to you, we've all just wanted to be good citizens. We wanted to be good members of our community. We wanted to be able to make progress in our careers and be uh, a good person people could count on in any sort of professional endeavor that we might have had, right? We yes. kind of wanted to be the people who wanted to be left alone. Pretty but, much. But we're not there now. If we, if we keep using this strategy, we're done, the absolutely done. The That's people that want to get just be left alone had better get involved. That, exactly. And, that, and that's what happened to me. It happened four years ago. As you remember, I ran in this race in 2020. It was yep. a huge field with Rob Woodall retiring. And there were 13 of us at one point in the race. I didn't they win, won. but I did very, very well in that race, very well. And here it is two years later. Can you believe it? Out of the 13, I'm the only one that didn't turn their back on District 7. Well, you know, there was a lot of changes when they redid those districts. And just watching uh, your opponent the way uh, in the in the in your future opponent, if Lucy. you're through this, <laughs> Lucy, yeah. when you get through that and see the way that she came in, you know, there's a reason why she managed to get elected in that. And a, few, and a lot of things turned blue. But I'm hoping that those reasons have just shined a light for people to talk, stop and take a look at, back up, and revisit the, what they right. want Gwinnett County, what they want Georgia, what they want America to be. And our message as a party has never been stronger for the times. Pro-family, pro-life, pro-law enforcement for our communities, pro-good schools for our children pro-small business, which is something that's near and dear to me because of my uh, experiences over the years in building businesses I mentioned me earlier. Pro-small government. How about pro-fiscal responsibility for a change? So these things, people are going to the gas pump. They're going to the grocery store. My wife came home from the grocery store yesterday. She said, Mark, you wouldn't believe it. I went down the bread aisle. It was like three quarters empty. I said, really? She goes, the thing that's amazing is it's three quarters empty but the cost of the products have gone straight through the roof. You would think that people would buy less of them. It's three quarters empty. Yeah. So this is the train wreck of the Biden administration. He can pin it on anybody he wants, but I have to tell you something, He Rick. can blame it on anybody right. he wants. <laughs> Correct. But at the end of the day, he is the president of the most powerful country in the world. He needs to start looking in the mirror. He needs to start taking accountability for this. He needs to be able to be accountable to the American public. He is still governed by the citizens. Unfortunately, Washington seems to have this completely opposite Reversed. now, correct. So I would just hope at some point, and I don't know when that point would happen, but he would have his moment, his moment, that aha moment, that oh my gosh, look what I've done. And you know, I hate to say this, I really do, because our country and our citizens and the families within District 7, they're feeling an incredible amount of economic pain, an incredible amount of insecurity for their safety right now, an incredible amount of insecurity about their future right now. And it's only gonna get worse. Anyone that thinks that this is gonna get better between now and November, 
It's not going to happen. It's going to continue to erode. And that is a painful thing for me to say because I don't want to see people suffer more than they already have. But that's why there's going to be not a red wave, not a red wave November 8th. It's going to be a red tsunami. The people will rise up and they'll say enough of this nonsense. We're going to take our country back. And now we have to pray that those elections are fair because if they're not fair I have to tell you something if our elections are no longer fair how are we any different than the dictatorships that we condemn in this country absolutely well I know that um, security you know of course being in the business uh, I see a lot of issues going on with security uh, one of the most important issues to me is the security of the home of the schools mm-hmm um, I'm looking at this stuff. Uh, there are so many things that we can do mm-hmm. if we're on if we're on the willing side to do it. Uh, one of the things that allows us to do that's our constitutional right to carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, there t- there's a lot of talk about getting rid of guns. There, for some reason, people don't understand that when you go to get rid of guns, the only person that's going to that you can get those guns from and affect are the legal citizens the good citizens that use them to honestly protect right. themselves, the crooks are going to have the guns. I don't care what happens. They all can make all the criminals enjoy constitutional carry, don't they? Absolutely. All criminals. We make our schools gun-free zones. So literally, we've turned them into, into a safe zone for them. Exactly. This is, this is I, I don't know how anyone can think that that's a good policy. So I want to be able to bring security to the schools, be able to actually have members of the faculty and administration be able to be properly trained in this area. Training so is the key. I, I agree 100% because if a person now didn't think that it was a soft spot, they would think again. History shows us this, right, over and over and again. And you look, it's really interesting on the left. They really want to push this agenda. Okay, great. Can you name the top five cities where they have the strongest, the strongest gun laws all five of them have the, have, the, have the most gun violence, mm-hmm. most mass shootings, right in a row, all Democrat, right in a row, one, two, three, four, five, right in a row. So explain that to me. If this is such a great place to go down, why aren't you the bottom five cities? No, you're one, two, three, four, five, top of the list. Well, and they did uh, a thing with uh, the uh, DA out in San Francisco yesterday that <laughs> Might set a few people on the road, but there has to be more of that. It just, that's just a one-of right now, and that doesn't affect hardly anybody. It affects San Francisco. I'm hoping that the, that the backlash from it uh, affects a lot more like Gaston and a few others. But one of the biggest things to me is, is creating a, a, a hardened zone around yes. these schools. And I've been getting a lot of calls from, from churches mm-hmm. uh, talking about uh, getting through and and I'll go out and I'll take a look at it and, and I'll assess what I think they need to make that a hardened target. Yes. And then it's up to them whether they use police officers or private security. I just like to look at it and tell them, here's what you need and putting together a plan, making sure that all of your ushers and everything have protocols if something like that happens. Make sure that your membership within your congregation understands this is what we do this is not to scare you, but this is if it happens, which is unlikely mm-hmm. in our place. But if it does, these are the protocols that you do. Well, And then have somebody in there that can take that shooter out. 
Well, you saw what happened in Texas in that Absolutely. church. Absolutely, That was incredible. How many lives did he save? I don't know, but it was a bunch. <laughs> it was a bunch. Uh, and it was purely And by the way, you know, thinking about this situation with the schools, so between parents concerned about the safety of their children, naturally, but also very concerned about the indoctrination educationally of their kids. Do you know what's happened in the last couple of years since this pandemic started? This number is shocking. Homeschooling doubled. Yep, I saw that. That's uh, incredible. That is is awesome. But but it it gives us a very good sense of how people are recognizing where we are as a country today. You know, our future is not preordained. We have to earn it every single day with our actions. And that's where people now mentally are. It's like, you know, there's the old, the old story of the frog in the warm water, right? Yep. Well, that water is turned up now. And it's 112 degrees, right, boiling water? We're really close. We're really close. And the funny part is when I talk about freedom first in public, inevitably, Rick, inevitably somebody pulls me aside and says, Mark, I love that message. I love it because where I came from, and then they'll tell me. I had a guy tell me he was from North Korea the other day. I was like, how did you get out of North Korea? Right? China, Venezuela, Cuba, uh, former Soviet Union, on and on and on it goes. The closer they are to what they left, they know that that water's ready to boil at any moment. The further removed, and you've enjoyed America's decadence for a while, you don't really appreciate how you close realize we are. the heat. That's exactly right, to that boiling point. Well, we have a lot, of, we have a lot going on. And, you know, I, personally, I'm one of the people that thinks that the, the Democrats are coming for our guns, so like we talked about. And we've got to do that. And I, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about Title 42. <laughs> uh, can you see anything? What would, what would you do if you were in that position up there to fight, fight for that? How would, you, how would you go about it, I guess? A sovereign nation has the right, I would argue, Rick, it's an obligation to their citizens to enforce their immigration law, which includes securing our borders. So you have to start there. You have to start with what you've already put in place. Now, could we potentially make our laws better? Of course, laws evolve over time, but our law has a lot of substance in it that's being completely ignored. And how this president gets away by being in office for 16 months, millions of illegal aliens infiltrating our country, and he's never gone to the border? People go, Mark, it's an outrage that he hasn't gone to the border. I said, you really think it's an outrage? Well, he went close. He went to Uvalde. Yeah, right. right. After the fact. Right. And got his, his uh, uh, a photo op, if you will, for exactly. his primetime Thursday night talk. It's like right? Kamala going to El Paso. I've been right. to El Paso. Right. But he has no intention to go to the border because no. this is an agenda for him. He wants that border to be open. Anyone that looks at it rationally knows that. So if he uh, wanted it closed, yeah. he could it could you could close it. You know what's funny, I was on a uh, Hispanic radio show here in Gwinnett. Wonderful interviewer. Um, and I can say some pleasantries in Spanish, but I couldn't certainly conduct a full interview uh, in Spanish. But she was kind and, and was English. So she says to me, Mark, I know you're really, really strong on your uh, view on the Second Amendment and uh, red flag laws. I know that you're mm-hmm. strong, uh, a proponent uh, very much for maintaining our due process. Right. Exactly. She says, 
but you know, with things going on today, how, how do you see it? I said, well, I said, let me, let me tell you a little story. It goes like this. There was once a beautiful country, beautiful, so prosperous, the people prospering, so rich with natural resources. And then one day in 2012, they took the guns away from their citizens. And very quickly, it moved from freedom and opportunity and prosperity to oppression, then socialism, and now full-on communism. That country is Venezuela. She looked me straight in the eye because we were doing a Zoom call. She looks me straight in the eye on screen. She goes, you're 100% right. I'm from Venezuela. It was incredible. (laughs) I mean, it was incredible. So that's what I'm telling you. When people are close to the boiling point, right, coming to America, they know. Well, Venezuela is a perfect example of where we are going if we don't do some changes, and that's got to stop. Let's see. What else do I want to ask you? I know what I want to ask you. Sure. We just sent $40 billion Ah. to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knows exactly what that's going to be spent for, why we're doing it. And let me clear, let me just preface this with, I I support Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. I think it's disastrous that Putin has done what he's going to do. I don't think he's responsible for everything that's going on in this country. And what else that he's getting blamed for, even though a lot of it, he's up the ante on a lot of it. But I, I believe the weapons are fine. Uh, I think we were actually kind of pussyfooting around in a lot of ways with the weapons. Uh, Biden can't make a freaking decision one way or the other of what he's going to do when he's going to do it, and then he changes his mind. But the $40 billion. And it's not 40 It was 40 well, in, in one check. 40 in the one but check, but correct. there's a whole lot more. That's correct. Let's just take the one check for just, boom, $40 million. $40 billion. $40 billion, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What Would you have done that? I mean, what do you? How do you see that? No, I, I'm with you, you in the sense it? of my heart goes out to the good people of the Ukraine. Absolutely, and we would both of us, I think, agree that we want to be able to have a humanitarian uh, answer to this. Here are the facts. The facts are: this administration is 0 for 16. They've been in power now for 16 months. They're 0 for 16. They've done, they've done nothing to make the lives better for the American people or make our country better. 0 for 16, including an absolute debacle, an embarrassment of the highest degree in Afghanistan, leaving $85 billion worth of armaments to a terrorist organization. So the point that I'm trying to make is why would I have any confidence in this administration and in Blinken to do anything that was going to end up as a positive outcome for our citizens and our country. I don't have that confidence. So what I would propose is diplomacy, 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 diplomacy. We're sending $40 billion when people can't even afford their gas. They don't even have baby formula for mothers with infants. We have grocery stores that that are empty in many cases now. And we've added thousands and thousands of dollars of debt because of Biden's inflation to the average American family who has less than $1,000 of liquidity. So I'm just telling you, before we go and spend our treasure to a far-off land, why don't we take care of our own people? Why don't we secure our own border? 
MS-13 gang members coming across our border. That is crazy. Drug traffickers. Where's the outrage over the fentanyl that's come streaming over our border and has killed 100,000, 100,000 of our fellow citizens in the last year alone? Where's the outrage over the sex trafficking and the human trafficking? These are the real costs of having an open border. It extends far more than wanting to do something that's right for a, a family or a person who wants to seek their American dream by crossing over that border. They can get across the border legally. We have a process, and is it perfect? No, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I think that there needs to be reform to make it less expensive and make it much quicker. That's why they do what they do in many cases. They say, why would I go through the process? You know, they can't see that far downstream. Exactly. They can't see the cost, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of cost. I had a guy the other day, he came here. It cost him $44,000, 44. To become a citizen of this great nation. Well, he hadn't made citizenship yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> to try, I, yes. so I'm just saying, <laughs> no, uh, I before our first president, George Washington, remember, he was on record, no foreign entanglements. So I'm not saying I'm an isolationist, but I'm saying given the track record of this president, I'm definitely a non-interventionist. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's come to their aid. We've, we've heard countries talking about it, but have they really stepped up? They haven't. No. So we're going to go this alone, too? We haven't won a war since World War II. Congress hasn't actually used their responsibility of determining when we go to war and when we don't since World War II. Can you imagine that? No wonder we haven't won a war. And there's been a lot of confrontations since then. Correct, right? Well, They're always a conflict, so well, they don't avoid you, the word war. Uh, absolutely. But I can tell you from a law enforcement standard and look at it, and from a security standard look at it, we are in a lot of trouble if we don't get at least this border and get our borders secure. Exactly. Uh, law enforcement is going crazy. They're overwhelmed. Security uh, is the same way. And, and, their, and their morale is oh, at absolutely. rock bottom because they have no one having their back. And the people that suffer the most are the citizens. And you know what the interesting part is? Is we endured eight years of the Obama administration. Donald Trump comes into the picture. And you know what? Those Border Patrol officers and agents, they were proud again, Rick. They were proud to do their job to protect our citizens and our country. And look how fast that has gone right off the cliff. Day one, I think it's called. Day one. That's exactly right. Well, Mark, I appreciate it. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, yeah, so the uh, how do they do it? Easiest way is to go to the website, Mark4, and we spell out that word, F-O-R, Mark for Georgia. We spell out Georgia as well. Mark for Georgia.com. They can read uh, my platform as far as the issues. They can learn a lot more about where uh, I stand with my Freedom First uh, uh, platform as well. And my phone number is right on there too. So if they want to call me, they can call me. Well, I again strongly advise everybody get off your rear ends yeah. and vote. Vote. But get off your rear yeah. ends and vote informed. Read up on these people. Know who you're voting for. Don't vote for them because you like the sound of their name. Don't vote for them because your best friend's voting for them or your neighbor's voting for them. Get out and look because 
quite frankly, your best friend or your neighbor may not have very good judgment. Well, and definitely <laughs> don't vote for him alphabetically. That I yeah, don't vote for him alphabetically. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security <laughs> Services and in part by Sosby's Garage. Be sure to join us for the live broadcast at least every other Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. here on Business Radio X. If you miss the live broadcast, no worries. You can enjoy the show anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Case in Point, and I will be on next week. So be sure and tune in then. This program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, really wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to Case in Point so you don't miss any of our future episodes. For my guest, Mark Gonzalez, and our producer, Mike, I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.